This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Oh no, my comb fell out. My name's Keen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to share some earned wisdom. I'm James. <laughs> Welcome back to Sissy That Pod. This week we are discussing episode 5 of All Stars All Winners season 7. Um, and we're joined by the stand-up empresario that is Tony Cantwell. He also is a massive Drag Race fan and yes. it is great because we had him on last year when we did our Pride show to speak about the opening of All Stars 6 and just font of knowledge himself and his wife are super into the show so great to have someone and particularly have someone who really understands the assignment when it comes to putting together a comedy sort of routine yes. so like we were able to get into it with some of these girls what worked what didn't work I really enjoyed that yeah definitely and we discussed briefly about how the show's kind of turning into a it's like nice reality TV, which I do feel is the future for reality TV. Yeah, it's taking a lead of Bake Off. Mm, exactly. It's like this is it, the, the great British drag off. Absolutely. So before we get into the episode, just a reminder that if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, you can head over to headstuffpodcast.com. For five year a month, you can sign up and get access to our premium feed, which from next week on, we will be doing one episode specials on each of the cast of All Stars 7. And while you're there, you get access to all of the bonus feed and bonus materials of all the other podcasts on the network. Like this one we're going to highlight for you now. If you like Agony Rants, if, if you like if you like Agony Ants, if you like... Uh, comedian Grode Farrelly if you'd like Eurovision legend Neve Kavanagh then it has everything you would like because it's Agony Rants and it sounds like this Hi I'm Neve Kavanagh and I'm Gerard Farrelly and we are the hosts of Agony Rants we have been friends for a long time and on Agony Rants we do what we've always done talk about people behind their backs and make suggestions on how they can improve their lives no we cheer them up on Monday morning and help them with their problems. By meddling in areas in which we are dangerously unqualified. Why don't you join us each week for a new episode? You'll find us wherever you do your listening with special bonus content for subscribers on headstuffpodcast.com. Agony Rants, out now on the Headstuff Podcast Network. Tony Cantwell, thank you so much for joining us back here on Sissy That Pod. We're discussing All Stars 7 this time around. How have you been finding this season so far? I have been really enjoying it, but I think it's been kind of built for me to really enjoy. I don't know if you've talked about this on the pod already, but everyone's doing very well and no Mm -hmm. one's getting any bad feedback. And Mm -hmm. it kind of feels like there was a contractual obligation, which I'm not mad at that no one would really be like thrown under the bus. There would be no kind of water phone (laughs) kind of Mm. moments in this season. But as a result, I'm just thinking, wow, look at all my favorite queens doing so well. And I'm so delighted for them, you know, so. Yeah, I I think it has to have been some sort of like a decision that they made in production that we're going to really highlight how well everyone's doing. Because mm-hmm. you are seeing some opportunities where stuff happens and you're like, oh, in a regular season, they would make that thing falling out of Monet's hair into like the clangor that like ended up yeah. sending her It's home. literally a note I had being like, why didn't they go black and white? Why didn't they go slow motion when it fell out? It was just like, oh. Yeah. Normally they'd show like the Richter scale reverberations around South California based on that comb. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't even mentioned. So yeah, because like we, James and I were discussing whether we think 
that it's just a nice edit mm. or whether actually there wasn't any negative like the judges were told don't give them any negative critiques just keep it keep it positive well i mean we think it's the latter it it, it seems yeah. that way but it seems it seems a mix of both you know because um there was almost a bit from like when raja's kind of you know practice performance that you know it w- that would have been given the edit of like oh i don't know how this is going but you didn't even have nikki glazier later on say like i didn't even know where you were going with that but you totally turned it around not even that level of criticism was was given yes which which i think has to be a mixture i think of both of, of the edit and keep it as light these are very delicate queens <laughs> they came here mm-hmm. not to, to tarnish their legacy. No one's going home, you know, which I which I, I really I do really like because then you just have really fun workroom friendly competition, but not really cutthroat competition. Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose it does. Then this will encourage maybe other queens who you would like to see come mm. back from other uh, series that might then say, oh, OK, there's not going to be a reputational risk to me. So you might convince someone like Bianca Del Rio that actually it might be a nice idea for her to come back. And then that would be great to have another opportunity to see her kind of showcase how funny and talented she is, or even Trixie mm-hmm. again would might be something they come back again. Cause it is, it is sort of proof that they aren't out to get you. They aren't going to cut you the minute they get you in the room. Big time, big time. I mean, it can, it can blow up. And, I mean, I think like Blair St. Clair probably wasn't a good example of, she didn't really have her moment. She did. And that probably would have hurt her mm-hmm. in the long run. You know, um, there's yeah. a lot of queens that have gone out early, you know, in the first or, two, or second week of All-Stars that it hasn't, it probably would be better for us to live in kind of pleasant memory. Yeah. Derek yeah. Barry, mm, definitely didn't. Yeah, or, or Silky, Silky Ganache even, who kind of had like such a, a glow up post-season um, after kind of having a bad run in their original season, came back for All-Stars and really flopped mm. because they just didn't seem to have the confidence to bring it again. So it would have been better for the lasting memory for them to Big be. Time. Like what they had done on, on season 11. Well, we may see Silky sooner uh, than we think, you know, based on the rumours coming <laughs> up soon. Um, what do we think of Rue's out of luck, uh, out of drag luck this week? <laughs> He's just having fun. There, there are certain <laughs> moments sometimes, me my, my wife watched this, and I think I've mentioned this the last time I was on the pod, where like she said, you know, uh, I think there was a line in the previous season where it was like, you know, your pussy's on fire, but the good news, there's no cure, <laughs> you know? And, yeah. and, <laughs> And sometimes there's moments like that where we just look at each other and we guffaw just the absurdity of it. And that rue in those boots yeah. <laughs> and that waistcoat was one of those moments. I was delighted. I know. It's like when, you, when you've got the host drag race at 11 but are going fracking at 12. <laughs> <laughs> Big time. <laughs> uh, but I appreciate how much he, he dedicated to it because even did that sort of like wavy arm dance move as he walked away like you know it's, he's having fun he's in his 60s now is yeah. he? so you know fair but I think definitely even this season is I mean certainly even the last like season 14 you know with all the fart jokes and stuff like that yeah and and this season just at seeing what Rue laughs at now and seeing what Rue wants from a snatch game now, it just shows that Rue just surprise him because this is just it has to be something he's not expecting. That's the only thing that'll get a real rise out of him. And that's mm, and the yeah. comedy that did really well was the was not the traditional kind of, you know, certainly wiping the mouth went well and stuff like that, but it's this kind of like I am Mother Gaia kind of vibes. So yeah. Rue just clearly wants to have a good time now. Yeah, it, I think it, it started around UK too. You started seeing Rue just being kind of like almost just giving into it and being like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm at the very top of my game. This is this is the biggest I'm ever going to be. I'm just going to ride this out until I've probably ridden it a bit longer than I should. Mm-hmm. And then we'll all just walk away with our millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, big time. 
And I, I, I'd love to know, like, in other somewhat niche circles, like, how many other independent streaming services can exist off one show, basically? Like, I don't know. Is there, I, I can't think of anything else. I so. can't think of anything else. No. I mean, I can maybe no. think of maybe people jumping on Now TV for the latest HBO thing for, a, you know, a week. But, you know, nothing like this, you know? Yeah. No, and you're right because, and then I mean, they obviously now it is an entire like it's a year long occasion with Drag Race. It's like, oh, you're gonna, I'm gonna give up my wow after season fourteen. Oh, all winners is coming. Yeah. Oh, actually, maybe I'll stick around for Canada. Oh, actually, now you new UK is out. So like, you know, you you are like bought in for the whole year. Mm. Um, and you're right. Like there isn't another there isn't another service I can think of that that's that's able to get that except for like those. But what what does irk me though is the fact that I probably do have two uh, WoW accounts and I'm still getting ads for like Painted by Raven being like I'm not watching Painted by Raven drop it <laughs> no <I'm> not <laughs> <watching> it. <laughs> uh, it, well, yeah we're all getting the ads now for this new um, Miss Vanjie oh. uh, kind of like 24 the hours of love like, yeah. stop we're just here we're for, just Drag here for Drag Race stop with these terrible terrible YouTube shows yeah it's like a Disney you remember like Disney DVDs and you're like how do I skip to the menu and like the the, the cross would be like no you have to watch but like no but oh yeah so that's crazy every morning I woke up I wanted to watch when I was a kid wanted to watch Sound of Music and I had to keep watching an ad for the Runaway Jury and I was like I don't want to see this don't want to see this uh, like I know we talk about the that there's an element of gameplay with the blocking and stuff even though none of them seem to really care mm. It did seem foolish gameplay for Viv to reveal that she actually wanted to block somebody else. That seemed like a shot in the foot. Oh, big time. It seemed like, um, like uh, also, like because I've been really willing Viv to like show that cutthroat. Even in the talking he- head segments, it just seems a little kind of stilted, which I also find weird because presumably they're shot after the show. But either way, you know, I'm like, you know, give me that cutthroat. Like, call them all bitches. Throw them under the bus. Say they got nothing on you, you know? Um, yeah. And she hasn't really shown herself. Then she wins this challenge, you know, or last week's challenge. And it's straight up being like, I'm coming for fucking Monet. I'm coming for, you know, I'm coming for Jinx. And it's all like, wow, like you really, you know, exploded out. You could have just kind of peppered it across the season, you know? Yeah. But no, she was, but I, I do think like, obviously she, cause she says even at the beginning of this episode, like kind of about how like, oh, here I am on the main stage yeah. of an American drag race. I'm after winning a challenge. And it seems like this moment of like validation for her. And it's like, well, you were like clearly exceptionally talented. People have seen you as a threat to her. So the like weird underdog edit she got the mm. last couple of weeks, it was, it didn't feel right for like the character we had no. seen in the first season of Drag Race UK. And then even that she was kind of playing into that. So it's good now that she's had her win and she's going to be like, okay, now I'm coming for all of you bitches. Yeah. Jinx one soon. Watch out. The Vivian's on her way. Yeah. I, I also really was like, because we're so proud of her. I don't know. We've got a real British Isles pride on the couch here with me and my wife <laughs> yeah. just cheering her on. And, uh, and even when she was like in the workroom, which is all like, you know, so what do we think of giving the other star? And I'm like, oh, she's even starting the conversation in the workroom now. She's like totally out of her shell, you know? She's even starting that piece. So, um, but well, yeah, I think it's like, come watching UK, like, in terms of the runways, you definitely see them go like, I mean, that's not up to scratch with the US, but that's fine because they're a real bunch of charismatic and like sort of left of century thinking creatives. Mm-hmm. But I think Viv may have come in with that underdog based on that sort of reputation but i think she's lived up to show that actually she has the eye to be just as good as the rest of them yeah big time yeah absolutely um i don't know if there's any point talking through the choosing of the orders or the run through with nikki glazer will we just get into the the actual speeches mm. i mean we, uh, a few weeks ago we had 
Sean Burke on and unfortunately we had a fashion episode <laughs> that none of us were really like that qualified to judge on so I'm glad we have you here for what is ostensibly a stand-up challenge sure. like fine we have an expert back in the room again right. um, in Untucks they talk about how like typically for a speech like this you may have a team of writers you'd have a few weeks to prepare for it and the fact that they put it together in a day was a feat I think that's absolutely fair I think these were all incredibly accomplished well yeah they really were well structured and put together really like effectively yeah they were very but again on the kind of kid gloves aspect of it not to like I I think they were also kind it seems like they were also kind of told look this isn't like a comedy challenge no one's going to fail because you can also just dip into like you know a bit of your high school experience you can dip into a bit of, of, of just being proud of yourself or just you know the odd you just throw a fucking sleigh in there like some of them were like you know like bitch and they have nothing but they would end it with like a bitch and a click and that would seem to be good enough for for rue you know so it wasn't the hardcore comedy challenge uh, it was it yes. was teed up in a way that they kind of couldn't fail but that's not to say that it still wasn't it still was impressive it was still very impressive what they could turn around and especially the queens that really kind of understood the assignment which we kind of get into you know yeah, and, and Monet was up first, and I actually think she um, failed to a certain degree because I think she didn't get into the vulnerable p- point. Yeah. Part. I think most of them did a nice balance of it, whereas I felt Monet's was clear, was just you know her joke per minute w- w- was was up there, but that was kind of it. Yeah, I think if she had been able to like condense or or bottle what it was to do that, you know, that sniff some fucking poppers and take it line, like that yeah. was great. If she could figure out the way of getting that comedy and and heart that was weirdly the most heart that was in the the speech you know the speech but i think if she'd found a way to dilute that and then or to to condense that and kind of spread it across the rest of the speech it would have been a success yeah because it felt like she like it the whole purpose of it was building towards that line and that moment and then so you did kind of just get like the standard kind of i'm a slut jokes and mm. the i was spit spit roasted by the football team like a couple of those things that you know michelle visage is going to be like just be going yes yeah, yeah. for and then it kind of came around to this ending that was clever and sort of you know a good like flip on what mm-hmm. you were expecting um but yeah it didn't it didn't feel like it had built throughout it because especially when you get to like shay who was up next who I thought like really subverted what you were expecting to hear, like came at it from a really clever angle and was very funny and vulnerable at mm. the same time. It just was such a just such a, a glow up from where where Monet had started. Yeah, and I loved the uh, the John Hughes line it was just so funny. It so was brilliant. so funny and so succinct, <laughs> and I didn't know Shay could be like that. That's like a tweet, and it was perfect, you know. And actually, I mean, I know without necessarily going to the order, just I actually think Monet purposely bit the bullet. I think she knew she wasn't necessarily going to blow the show away, but she kind of was like, I'm, I can't really fail or I can't win. So I think she actually did kind of sacrifice herself, which might pay dividends when she's looking for that badge, which I know she is, you know, next week. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I guess well, first it's, it's difficult, but I guess I would have thought. Like she was one of the people I would have thought she would have been in the top this week, so maybe she did think she could have. It. Maybe, yeah. It'd be interesting to know whether she, whether she's annoyed. In Untuck, she doesn't seem to be pissed off that she's not in the conversation, though. So yeah, it's hard to know. Yeah, I, I kind of feel she's I, been I a bit neutered this season. I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. The last two times I've seen her, it's kind of like, hey, where, where's you know? I don't know. It, it it seems a far cry from the Monet that was the breakout of her first season. You know. 
Yeah, and I think that like she gets so into the gameplay, and that what you were saying about maybe her kind of thinking like, oh, I'll put myself in first, and then I'll be able to use that to like sort of mm. blackmail people into giving me this, this, this secondary star. It is kind of she's so focused on like playing the game in order to get what she sure. wants, rather than just being like, I'm just gonna give the absolute best of what my character is. Because if you listen to her on like sibling rivalry or or doing any of the stuff with Bob, she is so naturally mm. funny and charismatic. And you haven't really been seeing that with her because all you've been getting is her kind of like slinking over to Trinity and being like, oh, let's ask everyone in this room to be in an alliance except Evie. Mm, mm. <laughs> it's just, yeah, yes. you know, so it hasn't really been, we haven't really been warming to her. Her performances haven't really been like memorable yeah. in lots of places. So but yeah, the, her, her runway looks as well, they're always very like, I'm very, like, I'm serious, you know, they're very serious, they're yeah. very, like, I'm beautiful, which she is, of course she is, but, like, her first season was, like, I'm gonna have fun with it, you know, um, yeah. and that seems to be gone a, a, a little bit. I, I said this last week as well, I think, as I find it hard to connect with Monet on the runway mm. in All Stars 4 and this season as well, I don't know what it is, whereas when I see her on YouTube or whatever, I always think she looks amazing, mm. so, yeah, there's some disconnect there that I think maybe she's trying to push two different like you know envelopes with each look yeah. or whatever and i do think as well potentially that with seeing her directly compared to trinity throughout the season you are kind of seeing as much as like monet is probably people's like personal favorite that trinity is like a better drag queen and like you're so you're mm. kind of looking back at that double win and kind of going oh okay yeah no trinity did deserve to yeah, win big time, big time. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we kind of touched on on Shay there. It was incredibly compelling and well delivered. I think she, out of everybody, was one of the people who felt the most off book of them all. Like I know they all had their notes there, mm. but I felt her and Vivian were the most sort of felt off book. And I loved how she finished with that. There could be ninety nine people in 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 yeah, a room yeah, like that Lady yeah. Gaga reference, yeah, but then some person into <laughs> being her. Yeah, I mean, I probably would have liked. I think she lacked maybe a few more punchlines in order to have been in the top two but i definitely felt it was fair for her to be in the top sort of four i was i was impressed that she even got through it considering she cried even just under the description of the speech to the yeah. <laughs> but so I, you can tell it was from the heart you know peppered i mean having that as a kind of skeleton and then finding the humor on top of it you're not really going to go wrong and that's kind of why i think that is a bit of an easier challenge than just the straight up roast of whoever it is carson or ross as they normally do yeah yeah, absolutely. I, I I did love her. I was popular then. I'm popular. Yeah, that's thing, great. But I just thought it was a very funny. Yeah, <laughs> that feels like a sort of speech that will live on on clips on Instagram for the next while. I think mm. in, in ways a lot of the other speeches may not. Trinity was up next in her in the trans colors. Um, there was a sort of all sort of tee up of her discussing the education system and her education system and and how they were like, oh, you need to make the speech that you wanted to hear when you were in, in high school. I don't think it really ended up like that. Like, my favourite line was, some of you will go on to great things. Most won't. Yes, that was great. Uh, <laughs> that was the best was line for me. But the rest of them seemed a bit sort of root one in the humour. Yeah, they were very like... I don't know. I mean, there was kind of like... I mean, she talked about her grandmother. Um, was it, you know, um, you know, I had to quit school, look after my grandmother. And it was kind of like these kind of one-sentence heartstring pulls mm. in isolation without the kind of real kind of through through line um which i'm not i mean that's her life i'm not trying to be like you know hey that's not good enough but um i suppose it didn't really and the hooked on phonics thing was a good joke but again that was just it was just a bit disjointed there was there was a few options to directly go down and she couldn't really pick one 
yeah, that's what it, it did feel like. There was a lot of different sort of ideas that that were there that were good. Uh, but she just joined them all together. She just like linked them all together and and just did that rather than maybe looking at one and trying to create a single story because it was even the like. You know, I suppose like the overall narrative was like, you know, you maybe won't have the best opportunities in life, but it's what how, what you mm. do and it that matters. But it, it wasn't sold succinctly. So there was lots of, oh, you, you weren't good at school and then you had to drop out to look after your grandmother. What happened to her mm. now? You know, it was all sort of all over the place. I feel like as well, though, with those speeches that, I mean, it ends with like, and bitch, you know, and then and then the tone. Yeah. <laughs> I put the ass in tassel. You could have said anything and it would have like, you know what I mean? Like that's when just, yeah. <laughs> when you do a tonal shift like that, anything you say is like relief i don't know i don't even listen to what he said you know it, the, the westlife rising from the yeah. stool moment yeah. for me it's <laughs> yeah it could be someone anything mundane that's true the cadence just wins you over yeah. there and you feel like this is our moment to sort of rapturous applause mm. that sort of thing yeah uh, raja was up next with her wizard uh, five tenants of life this gave me really sort of Monty Python absurdist mm. humor, and I can definitely see why Rue lapped it up. Rue Rue lapped it up just like so early. Just she could tell that the way Raja was moving was even like, oh, this is like I need to wake up from this. You know, I'm I, you know you could just tell the engagement was there where it's like I'm not going to hear a load of you know traditional quips or whatever that you hear from the queens. Uh, now I I mean I. It was definitely the right big swing because it was different, you know, but um, I, I just didn't, it didn't work for me. You know, I just didn't, I kind of thought when I felt like it was going to be kind of fairly, it was a bit long winded. I mean, I get it and I get why Rue loved it and I'm happy that she did well and I, she needed this big kind of silly thing, you know, to a, a silly performance like this. But it wasn't for me. When I heard she's like, there are five things. I'm like, oh, God, this is going to go on. And um, and it didn't really. It did. I don't know. It, yeah, well, it did. But it, I don't know. It wasn't for me. I mean, it was. It was I mean, obviously, in the workroom when they were getting ready for it, Jinx was kind of talking about how if you're going to come up with this big conceptual mm. character, you really need to be certain it's going to it's going to pay off. Um, and I, di- I did enjoy it. It really reminded me of, and I don't know if any of you have seen these, these little skit videos. There's an com- American comedian called Drew Drew Roge, I think his name is. I can't remember what his surname is. And he does these videos of Chloe Sevigny. And it's like, hello, America. I am Chloe Sevigny. <laughs> and he like does these like really ridiculous kind of like, I have just discovered that I enjoy Toast. <laughs> and like kind of... It's completely ridiculous yeah. and like completely making fun of this whole, I don't know, new age culture, whatever. And I, it was a direct, like a lot of the stuff that was being said was like a direct kind of like takeout from those videos. Uh, so I laughed because I was like, I saw this before and I liked yes, it. Sure. <laughs> I wonder if I had watched this episode in pure isolation with no previous track record of Annie the Queens, would I have been as rooting for Raja as I was just because I feel overlooked in the design challenge overlooked in snatch mm. game then i'm like okay here we go she gets the win that she deserves if i watch in isolation maybe i wouldn't have been rooting for her because there was definitely moments of sort of you know where is this going this isn't funny but then there was moments i really loved the institutions is the same thing as intuitions if you have dyslexia like that sort of just that's left to center fun. joke that's like that was kind of fun yeah mm-hmm. uh, and i think it benefited from ending on a high but yeah, I think they definitely, it wasn't the tightest five minutes of our life. No, and I was worried mm-hmm. when she said, you know, this could be my own Gemini delusion, but, <laughs> and I'm like, that's yeah. a great <laughs> sentence. 
<laughs> like, you know. But again, it's like that's kind of what you want. You want people to, and I think that's why with the kid gloves on this season that they can take these risks because you just can't lose. You can only do yeah. very, very well, you know, well or very well. So it was definitely the right move yeah. for her. Yeah, I think that's fair. Jada was up next. Um, I don't fully remember hers as well as I do the others. I know there was some funny lines. She was she was the queen of the now bitch. Yeah, I think even Nikki Glazer said that. She threw back to look over there. There was that funny joke I thought she had where she was like, and hold for applause, hold for applause. You yeah, know. when she was in the pocket overall, with those ones, I thought that was quite good. When she was like, when she was kind of going a bit off book or just being, the, having those kind of filler filler moments, you know, but it was very simple, very basic. You know, there was one line, you know, so proud of me um, as you all are, you know, and then yeah. hold for applause. Like that That was all the good stuff, you know, mm-hmm. uh, graduate of Trump. I can't remember U, what the message was, was. Was there a vulnerable moment in it? Or I can't even remember. Yeah, I can't really remember that either because I think if you look back at all of them, like there is this sort of like central vulnerability or this like takeaway message, which I mean, they're all the same. It's like be yourself. Mm you know love yourself like it's all it's all that but i can't remember what jada's was necessarily uh it's the only one that i kind of i can't kind of pinpoint exactly what it's it still was. got a lot of nikki glazer with her head tilted going hmm. you know like listening <laughs> yeah. intently being like oh this is pulling in my she was like every single person was just like this they were probably like cut from the Raja stand up and they were just pasted in for Jada. <laughs> Evie gave us more of a sort of uh, TED talk, I felt, more so than a stand up routine. Like, I, I did a degree in engineering and a lot of time in our first year we were told that we need to embrace failure and it's some great creativity and all that sort of stuff. Mm. So, it really brought me back to a university sort of inspirational speech rather than. Uh, I don't. Well, I guess it was, that's true for a college speech. I guess it's true, but yeah, it didn't really feel like a sort of stand-up set per se. Yeah, I don't know. I I I don't really remember much from it. I mean, it also had those kind of you know, rude bitch. You know, thanks for paying the checks, and you know, mm. um, yeah. And there was also like you know, our Lord in heaven, RuPaul, which is like such a you know, that's a weak, that's a weak joke. You know, yeah. I think who did it. <laughs> yeah. um, I think Jinx later called her like the ultimate witch or something like that, which is a bit more interesting and a bit different, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Again, I wasn't kind of too mad. Evie, I don't know, this season, I feel like she kind of needs to be an outcast. I feel like she needs to have the weirdo edit and she's not getting it because everyone's getting the kind of, oh, we're inclusive and everyone's having a good time kind of edit. And it is obvious that, you know, her and Raja got picked last in the in the, the challenge or the week previous, you know, as you said, um, you know, Monet's trying to form a group with everyone apart from Evie. And it seems like there's kind of a reality of an outcasting happening there that we're not kind of seeing. And I actually think she needs that. I think, I think, I think, yeah. you know, people watching it need to be like, oh, no, she's my outsider. That's what I like about her, you know? With that, because even in, in in her season, the season eleven, like she was always the underdog. Mm. There was always that feeling of like there was the obvious winner in the form of Brooklyn Heights, and that Evie was sort of this sort of you know sort of weirdo outsider who was speaking for people who don't normally see themselves represented. So in this space, where kind of it's like, oh, we're all great, we're all inclusive. Maybe she she doesn't have the like the tension she mm. needs to to appear as as great or, or uh, to sort of like sell her message as much. Uh, with her, her kind of, um, I found the 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 walk through thing with Carson and Nikki. 
to be a little the most frustrating with with hers because it was like she's like oh mine's gonna be all about failure i don't know if you've heard of this like radical concept of like embracing failure as a, as a path to success and it's like yeah every ted talk yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like this is not new and nikki's like, oh my god i've never thought of that so it just was a bit like we're pushing the envelope too far here on kind of like selling all these queens as, as being kind of um sages but I, I she did better than i had expected and i loved her like little graffiti kind of like everyone signing the yearbook um like uh, outfit that she wore so that mm. was the the most clever interpretation of that like cap and gown very true yeah yeah we haven't really talked about the looks that was a great look in terms of um <clears throat> the underdog edit like so far to this point based on the reaction online raj is getting a lot all the love from the underdog lovers you know so i wonder now maybe that raj has won Maybe they'll they'll move to Evie or whatever. Um. So yeah, it, it, she doesn't seem to be getting the support um, that she did in season. But she 11. she she's also like very bad. Like from season eleven, like she's very bad at communicating. Even when she compliments people, she has fights with them in season eleven. You know, like she's trying to say that people were good, and she doesn't even know how to say that. So like she clearly has, you know, um, a different form, different ways of communicating that would be you know quite dissimilar to the to the rest of the queens. Um. And I, I, but like we're not seeing, we're still not seeing that because they can't have anyone appear uh, like lower than than each other. And I think I think it's doing her a disservice. And she did capitalize, I think, off the fights in Untucked. I think she always ended up on the on the side of the audience yeah. in Untucked, which I think garnered her support. And because Untucked is such an anti-conflict zone at the moment, like she's not going to benefit from that. Mm. But you think like. People should be really excited. Like her drag daughter just won season fourteen. Like the House of Oddly's, you know, mm. is is the stock is up, but yet no. Mm. Uh, Jinx was up next with a. It was a fun story, but I I was I actually found myself being like, so does she actually have back pain from the car? <laughs> <laughs> just thinking those ads that they put on daytime TV about claiming in work if you fall off a ladder yeah. and stuff. I was like, God, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, I I mean I at first I was like, oh, I'm a bit disappointed, being like, are you still telling this story about the car? Like, you can do better than this. Like, where's your you know, you think of how quick she was in like the improv challenge. You know, even with her ear falling off, mm-hmm. and how quick she is just to you know be organic and i suppose this being rehearsed i know from you know experience is a different thing and it can be a bit more kind of stilted but she did still do something really weird she came out dressed as a witch and said i didn't i thought like that's such a stupid such a stupid joke yeah. and i love it you know double double toil and trouble oh no that's not gonna work and rue laughing her head off you know yeah but she did like she did call back the car thing very well and the trauma thing was quite poignant if a little disjointed and out of place with everything else but then the kind of callback and then of course she can just sell everything i was hit by a fucking car you know it's just <laughs> never not going to be funny so i think she kind of understood the assignment it wasn't the most perfect but i think it covered all the points if it just a bit disjointed yeah i i kind of agree with that like the the story overall was was a little bit sort of you, you it wasn't woven together in in a way that kind of was like i don't know it was it was all very funny that the, the little like the one liner about kind of whatever year you're watching this on, on YouTube was very mm-hmm. funny. And that like is going to be like she like the, the producers when they got there were like, oh, that's perfect. That can be the little clip that we're going to put on, yeah. on all of the uh, on all of the socials. So she's very clever at getting these these one liners. And I like I, I think we're, we're seeing and if we see her in Snatch Game in, in, in the, the improv challenge last week, like, I mean, she is just a powerhouse when it comes to comedy and it, maybe this week she kind of was just like, oh, phone it in slightly. Mm. <laughs> but I guess like a lot of them tried, again, like the balance between 
comedy and, and vulnerability and I guess obviously she's talking about being hit by a car which is a vulnerable moment but it doesn't really feel like a teachable moment for a group of students and maybe I'm being too predictive on this but it's kind of just like this feels I don't know like an odd things to discuss i so i think it required too many leaps as you have to like leap from understanding the physical trauma of having been fit hit by a car to actually seeing well actually what she's talking about is emotional and mental trauma of being a queer person in a world that is designed to 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 push you to the outside and how you need to allow yourself time to heal and recognize that trauma you know even if you feel fine that you and it's just like there was okay. too many steps i, I didn't do that job <laughs> <laughs> i was standing still <laughs> <laughs> that's fair that's fair okay uh finally was the vivian in her in her drunken character i mean she gave us joanna lumley and Catherine tate mm. for snatch game and i felt this character was just joanna lumley and Catherine tate but done better i think because it had more places to go yeah um, big big panto yeah, I thought energy it was great. from this one like mm, you know and yeah. um and, and also like she said she was gonna it was gonna be good like she said, "Oh well, it's, I'm, I'm actually going to make the most of the fact that I'm going to blast." And she did. She ends up roasting the rest of the queens, which was something that would normally happen in a comedy challenge, which we didn't really see any of. And it was a very welcome thing. Took you know Rue out of her kind of, out of her focus as well, you know, or out of her um, and a very kind of welcome end. I'd, I'd say it's so hard though because she does like I, I feel like Vivian. If it was the UK queens, I feel like it wouldn't be much of a leap to go straight into panto. They would all jump at a straight panto energy. But everyone in the Americans takes it very, very seriously. And mm. I'd say that's even harder for her. Even last week in the challenge where she's doing all the accents. Like, it's not an easy thing just to jump in and be like, now I'm on. You know, it would be much easier to do with the rest of the UK queens to be familiar with that kind of energy. So, again, I'm just proud mm. of her again, you know. <laughs> but the fact she's able to do I... that, you know, after... um everyone taking it so seriously yeah like as far as i'm aware like there, there's a kind of a rule in improv that you should play a drunk character um and i and i wonder like the whole sort of sobriety but she's still drunk now i don't know like was that really necessary like i think she could have got up and played that character this like joanna lumley slash nan and Catherine tate ostentatious drag queen character and roast them all and it'd be just as effective mm. you didn't need the smearing of the lipstick and the eye i don't know I just was watching each of those American queens get up and do the thing that they do of being really sort of sincere, like masking an enormous amount of sincerity underneath a little bit of humor and watching the like, you know, play acting of drunk Vivian and thinking this is going to go terrible. This is going to be absolutely awful. This is going to be completely awful. So I like the fact that she got up and then actually was able to bring the work, bring the whole room to where she was. And use her humor to make people laugh, even though it's not maybe necessarily an audience that would be used to that kind of British panto humor. I thought it was really, really great. And like Nikki Glaser said, you know, around the fact that playing a drunk character can be really boring because people don't really like people like the idea of stupid drunk people falling over. But having to listen to a drunk person is really boring. I thought she did that really well. And like she had her like jokes all kind of like nicely tied together. Like I, I really enjoyed what she did. I thought she did. She did a really good job. And you know she deserved to be in the top two for me this this week i would have said i i don't think it gelled though i think i think everyone was kind of like oh she's going big so we got to give it to her i don't think everyone really loved it you know i think mm. i think there was a bit of a courtesy i think even the queens behind i mean jinx's face was just like 
<laughs> her face was so dead just like watching it you know uh but i, I yeah i don't know i felt like because it did it was kind of like oh wow she's really like doing a thing here you know and I, it felt that way last week you know with the with all the accents being like mm. oh wow you really did all those accents you know there wasn't really a compliment there <laughs> it was kind of like you physically did that wow yeah it's points for commitment i yeah. guess is what you say yeah there well like i did like I, the reason i thought it was vivian and at the top two is because I felt for those two performances, they showed us the other queens laughing at them in a way that we didn't for the other six. Mm. Like when Vivian says Trinity finished on top of her professor, like, you know, there's like a tight shot on Trinity, like bursting mm. laughing at that. So I, I, it was hard to gauge if they actually did find it funny mm. or not. Um, so, yeah, let's move on to the runway. The category was Veiled It. I needed to really work out what the category was because I thought... He said failed. I thought he it. said failed and it. Like, and then when I saw <laughs> Monet coming out with a fucking bird, <laughs> a fucking yeah. aviary on her I head, like, I was like, I, I guess. Fa- fashion fails? Yeah. I was so confused. Yeah. Um, but no, failed it. And I was saying how I found Monet's looks difficult to connect with, but I actually really loved this one. I loved the pastel colors of it. I loved like the, the feathers and I thought the birdcage was great. So I felt this actually was a good week for Monet on the run. It, it looked great and it was fun, but again, like, she, it's not like she's smizing. She's like, you know, she's like, she has like sminister eyes. I don't know. She's got like <laughs> smearious eyes, you know? I don't know. She just, she, she, she just doesn't, she just doesn't smile with her eyes. It's just like, she's a fucking Tweety bird in there. Why isn't she, I don't know, have like a beak or have a bit of fun? Like, she has a birdhouse on her head. Why isn't that? Why isn't that seem like she's having fun with it? Like the outfit is fun, but she just takes it so serious when she goes on the runway. Yeah, and she does. She does have that kind of like you know power bitch stomp kind of a thing going on yeah. that she doesn't really have the the humor. Yeah, that that was missing in it because it was like a campy fun look, and she kind of gave us the same walk as for last week's kind of like you know punky yeah one and it just it doesn't really suit so you would have wanted to see a bit more kind of campness in that yeah i did really like the look but i don't think she sold it correctly everything is kind of ball gown like regal thing with her sometimes you know like why isn't she like kind of like she's a bird why isn't she like you know i don't know yeah a bit more a bit more with the hips up and down or something like that because that was a lot of fun but I, do, I think as well, like she obviously went in feeling as if, you know, her main critique on season 10, and the reason she feels she didn't do as well in season 10 as she wanted to was because her runway looks hadn't been up to par. So she, I think, is kind of like, and like her runway looks were a bit chaotic, but they all had like character and humor and they sort of represented who she was as a queen. Whereas I feel like this time she's kind of gone like, just give me nice dresses mm. rather than like, I want to try and get stuff that like fits with the character that I am and that can bring some of that camp energy that I do sort of have innately. Um, which is why I think there is that disconnect. It's all trying too hard to mm. be cool. Like unpopular opinion, but I think the sponge dress is great. Like it's not the best garment, but like the way she sells it and the black, uh, black makeup mm. down to her eyes and stuff. Like I actually think like that was, I felt that's like pure Monet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I felt like it was like a kind of a, like, you know, it was a, she just owned it more than it ever was, you know, like she, yeah. she made it a far bigger thing. It was like, it was kind of, it kind of would have been a throwaway thing, you know, but she did really own it and she's become probably maybe it's even made her a little bit, you know, that kind of mm. iconic owning of such a r- ridiculous look. Cause you just see her in there and she's like, she thinks she's worth a million dollars <laughs> yeah. in that yeah. dress. Delusions. And that's fun. <laughs> that is fun. <laughs> 
Maybe she suffers because Shay's up next and she gave us like the big yellow uh, sun hat with the sort of blue printed. I learned the accordion pleats. Uh, they said I wrote that a down few accordion times. pleats, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, uh, that was what I learned in this week's episode. Uh, dress. And I think what she might suffer from is she isn't as chameleonic as Shay. Shay can really serve whatever she's giving because she's more of a model, I guess. And I wonder, does Monet lack that mm, ability? Very good point. Yeah, no, Shay, I loved Shay's look. I thought it was so, I mean, I feel like on any other queen, it would have been like, you know, you put nine scarves on. What the fuck is this? <laughs> you know, yeah. but, <laughs> but it's all it worked perfectly. Everything's like layered in such a way. It's a bit chaotic. So, you know, asymmetric. Um, and then also the way she just flicked flipped up the veil as well. And she looked stunning, absolutely radiantly yeah. beautiful. It just, yeah, I thought, I thought it was one of my favorite looks. Yeah, me too. And I, I think as well, when she told the story about it, kind of, you know, how she saw her grandmother, like, walking around mm-hmm. the garden, you kind of like that, like, it, it had that sort of 70s feel to the styling. And you could almost imagine the sort of, like, younger Shay, like, watching the grandmother and seeing this person as this, like, hugely glamorous individual walking around, just pottering around in the space. So it had, like, a lovely message to it. It looked beautiful. Every detail was thought about. Because you're right, like, even the way she was able to pull up the veil in order to be able to, to look out when she was having her critiques because some of the other looks i think suffered from the fact that like when you get to jada like she was behind this like black veil mm-hmm. <laughs> for the whole thing you couldn't even see her face yeah yeah um next up was trinity the train who gave us the red long veil with the long train and the southern uh like the southern lady style and the rosebuds at the end of it like this was great, but I kind of felt we're getting a lot of the same thing. <laughs> Big sigh. I mean, it was the most radiantly beautiful, like train, but it's like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it was a bit oddly boring, is what I wrote down. Like, yeah, yeah, true. Evie oddly boring. Evie oddly yeah. boring. Yeah, but and it was attached to her head. Like, well, I mean, of course, but like, it was attached to like her hair, and it seemed to be pulling. I don't know. It just. I mean, her makeup looked great, and I, you know, I think as a kind of, I don't know, um, maybe you know like bloody bride or something like that maybe that would have been a, a better i don't know it, it, it didn't seem i, I like the whole red kind of uh, wedding dress kind of thing and again the makeup looked great but again i just we saw all the trains then when she said she's changing her name to trinity the train um yeah. but yeah i just something about it i just couldn't quite get into it i, I think as well like all of the other queens if I'm right, all like actually covered their face with their, with their veil. So like there was a sense of like, she really stood out because it, it was like more of a, like it was more of a train than a veil, Mm. you know? Um, And like, it was beautiful, stunning. The color was gorgeous for a different runway category, maybe. And if we hadn't seen her do like trains with whatever, with all of her other looks, you might've been a bit more wowed by it, but she, she does just look stunning. And every time she steps in the runway, like she is a star uh this for me though was kind of maybe it's because the bar is set so high that even something for her that like even something comes out that is so like vis- visibly spectacular you're a bit like eh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but like some of my i i honestly she is one of the my favorite runway runs on all stars four from like that boots for days look where she has tall black boots with golden buckles on it and a really versace look and then she has like the it's like a pink and purple, like bubble, like bubble gum, chewing gum mm. sort of splat dress, and she has like this pleated, like sort of like hessian yeah. hair. Like, I loved a lot of things she wore in All Stars Four, and because we first episode we see her in that lush crushed velvet purple train behind her, that now like you need to go bigger than that for you to impress us if you're going to go with the trains. I kind of feel like I think she was unlucky that that was the first category. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, can I ask as well? Like she she said. 
has has she said taken the piss in this and a few queens have said taken the piss this year has that permeated into america now do they all say oh i've missed that she was like i don't want to come out here take the piss you know and i and i i wonder is that like is that is that been new adopted drag terminology or has taken the piss permeated from maybe viv maybe viv is saying it maybe because i've heard because a bag has said taking the piss i'm not taking the piss she said that quite a lot in her season um but yeah i don't know it seems it seems like it's kind of permeated it'll be interesting to see because i I think like episode two someone said it and then in in this one okay so 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 i say maybe season 17 we'll get a taking the piss runway yeah yeah (laughs) you have to walk with like a (laughs) catheter back (laughs) (laughs) or a colonoscopy back Uh, up next was Raja. She put herself on the cover of Vogue or Voile, as she told us, because that's the French for fail. Mm-hmm. This was very clever, I thought, for Raja, and I think it was well executed. I think it was well executed. My wife made a very good point, though. She was like, this works far better as like a photo up than it does as a moving piece. It was yeah. very hard to, you know, like a small, like a small wind <laughs> would have taken her yeah. off, you know. Because um, I think voile is also the French for sail, and I actually did feel like a bit of a sail behind it. I like she was sort of like cascading, billowing thing. Yeah. No, because obviously the the, the big um, the magazine cover was quite heavy, so it was like sort of flopping in at the corners, and that just like you know it it does sort of take you out of the like amazing look because you are if you see that in a photograph like that will look gorgeous on raj's instagram when she put the picture Big up time. Almost, but it was just a bit flappy uh, when she was walking <laughs> down the runway in it but i preferred the flap to then when it's like a really rigid thing that they can't really move in like a box you know like remember something one came out as like a tv or something of the queen or even we saw in spain samantha ballantyne come out as a tv like i actually preferred that it was billowing rather than like a real isn't it an amazing statement on the space of queer culture that you can off the top of your <laughs> off the top of your head reference two people who have presented television like they came out as a television <laughs> This is gay culture. Happy Pride Month. There we go. <laughs> uh, Jada gave us, as you mentioned, that sort of big black sheared headpiece. I kind of felt it was kind of like arabesque, whatever. I know they were saying it was very Spanish with like the polka dots and stuff. Uh, I thought it looked really, really good. I just felt bad for her when poor Nancy Pelosi was standing beside her later on. She couldn't really see. Like the Grim oh, yeah. Reaper. And, the, and the, way, the way Rue then was like, oh, we're all hoping you stay safe there, Nancy. Yes, stay yeah. safe. <laughs> Don't let anyone uh, insurrect you again. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought it was nice. I just wrote down, lovely. I thought it was lovely. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I would have liked if there had been a way for her to like open out the, the to like you know not have not be sort of behind this weird hmm. black screen as she was being on, talked to on the runway. Evie gave us head to toe Turkish carpet. I felt in this look <laughs> with like the hood, the boots. I mean, again, it's the same. I want Evie to go big. Um, Michelle Visage here. I want her to give us one glamazon. I want to have something with padding, but I just keep getting like a, a boyish silhouette i liked that she was doing you know a bit more she was doing something a bit more you know with her figure a bit more like modeled a bit more kind of you know chest up you know rather she's been doing a lot of kind of contortion and trying to you know and i and i think she could she could probably show a lot of variety with her body and she just maybe chooses not to i i, I don't know i i was happy to see her change it up a bit and not do something 
quite I thought she would come out being like I'm gonna be satanic spider bride you know <laughs> <laughs> which would be fun but I, I, I like that she kind of plays and does something this was just and it was a weird thing to do with beads and shit all over <laughs> you know yeah. I, I genuinely thought that this was the best she's she's looked. I I loved the sort of Aztec beaded dress design. I I thought like the pulling the hood thing back and having the kind of like you know sort of turquoise beads over her face. Like, I thought she looked stunning. Um and and it was beautiful. But I think that her looks can be very because pre- this actually also shocked me for because exactly as you said, I was like, is she's gonna walk out now and be like punk rock devil bride mm. kind of thing, and it's gonna be just the same thing, and she's gonna be like, I'm so different because I did this this thing that like was very obvious for my character, uh, so I actually really enjoyed it. Though she looked great, mm. but I feel she always needs to explain it to me. Other than last week when she was that alien um, thing, other than the, when she I was an alien scorpion, she did have to explain that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was clear to me. But I always feel it's like, oh, I took this as a you know, crayons as the representation of this, or I've taken I'm veil on veil. I don't know. I just feel the concept's never clear for me. No, I actually, um, you know, I think that's something that she could learn a lot from. And I think she, maybe she has is that like like the actual art form is the when it's how it's received, like the recipient. Like it's not even an art thing until it's received, you know. And I feel like um, she was doing a lot of that, and that was her own interpretation. And then she she did get a lot of oh, I'm not getting that at all, you know. And has kind of you know rid herself of that a little bit. But uh, yeah, I thought she was great, very statuesque this week. Lovely. Jinx gave us. I got very death becomes her from this look, the sort of lavender with the veil being held up by the butterflies. I felt bad that she, it felt she was very restricted in it, that she couldn't really move it out of sort of falling apart. Mm. That docked points for me, but like it's Jinx, it's a classic silhouette. She looked good in it. What more can I say? Yeah, and I thought you know the butter. It looked cool. I kept looking, being like, "Where's? Can I see the wires?" And I couldn't quite see the wires. I couldn't quite see exactly how it was very delicate, and I think she was doing. You know, she could have come out 50s housewife veil or done something like mm-hmm. that. And she did take a bit of a a risk, you know, doing something so slow and methodical like that. And um, yeah, I was proud to see her kind of change it up, even with her walk this week. Yeah. No, I, I loved it as well. I thought that the butterflies were really clever and exactly the same. I was kind of like looking to be like, can I see where these are coming from or how this is holding it all up? Um, And it had like a real kind of like, you know, I, I think probably intentionally quite a like Disney princess kind of vibe like the, the the animals helping her get ready for her big day uh beautiful color and she looked she looked stunning um yeah and it was sort of different for her because i i suppose she's been doing that 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 you know housewife kind of milf kind of character mm-hmm. the last while and she could easily have like gone into that sort of stifler's mom space uh, with it uh, and chose to do something that felt very different so i, I liked it a lot i think yeah. i do want one week of bondage or club kid or something from jinx that's slightly different and just see how she does with that's it. that's not a good point I, I i think her makeup has come a long way like i i was blown away by her pig makeup last week oh my god <laughs> oh my god like <laughs> stunning <laughs> Like I, 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 as I know, as they said, you know, I didn't know I was into pigs, but like it was. <laughs> it was All right, yeah. Boris. No, David Cameron. Yeah, David Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she looked great. I just like I couldn't. Yeah, and and how she was even able just to match the nose in the same way Monet wasn't quite able to do that. Like I was even trying to look back on some of her old makeup because I actually don't remember her from her other season um or other seasons really for some reason um but she's really been a standout uh obviously but i mean i think her yeah. makeup looking back on old photos come a long way oh completely like she is compl- like she does she she really knows exactly what she's doing with her face now and she's like 
much better than she was uh, back on, on season five, definitely. And you are right, like, she, she really can, she can blend it to look so natural. Because that pig look was, was in, like, very beautiful. A very beautiful <laughs> yeah. pig. Yeah. It was like, watch out the Tills and Marks and Spencers. The Percy pigs aren't safe anymore. <laughs> I do find whatever shape her face is, out of drag, she I think she looks so strange without the eyebrows. You sometimes sure. get boys without, or out of drag people, people without eyebrows and it looks fine. I just find her face totally off uh, without the eyebrows. Mm. Uh, speaking of bondage, anyway, Viv gave us this veiled, like sort of electric, well, kind of more bubblegum bluey bondage look with a ball gag. She called herself a cyber sex doll bride. I thought this was great, but I found it a direct comparison to Manila on All Stars 4, who I think that it's slightly better. But like I was talking about Jinx, I think this is definitely a left turn for, for Viv. I think she executed it well, and I was glad to see I liked, it. I liked it. I thought it was it was cool, but I, I, I kind of thought that, I mean, I know she probably couldn't do like leather or rubber or pleather because she did that last week, but I felt like just looking at the kind of chiffon or whatever it was, it looked a bit cheap. just looked a bit cheap, you know? I don't know. I felt like... I felt like if that were if they looked like premium chains, <laughs> you know, yeah. or even a premium ball. I mean, great that she found like a lavender ball <laughs> as well to match the dress. That's uh, you know, great attention to detail. Um, but something about it, I don't know, something about it looked a little bit cheap to me. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree because it sort of looks like even the the dress looked like you know, um, in like the Quality Street where you. I was going to say quality looking street. Quality Street. Yeah, you've got yes. the yeah the the the. the blue sitting over the silver kind of stuff and it's like that mm. yeah that texture like that's kind of what it felt like and the the fabric wrapped around her head looked a bit messy mm. uh in how it was kind of put put together yeah it looked like a kind of it looked like a kind of a workroom challenge like outfit you know it looked like yes. it would it yeah, just it been did. put together yeah yeah uh, so the top four, based on what the judges were saying, once they all went off to untuck, were Shay, Vivian, Jinx, and Raja. Would you agree with that, Tony? Um, yeah, I actually would. Yeah, I'd, ex- I'd agree with with with, with all four. Um, yeah, because I mean, I I kind of hadn't really because Shay's was speech was so early. I suppose I didn't really let it kind of. Um, I kind of for- forgot about it, but actually, look, thinking about obviously how how to the how heartfelt it was you know really understood the assignment to the pleats i actually think she should have been maybe even in the top yeah. two mm. yeah maybe I over mean, jinx when we when we get to the lip sync i sort of wish that it had been the vivian and shay that had been the top two um <clears throat> okay this is this was um not the 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 lip sync for your legacy that's no this <laughs> really was in the drag bar where they get members of the audience up to lip sync to a song and they're filled with they haven't drank enough mm. yet <laughs> and they're a bit they're a bit awkward because their friends are there and their friends are filming them on the phone and they don't really want to go to it it felt like that yeah it did it felt i mean when i saw raj i actually couldn't really i had to look away from raj every time i mean it wasn't bad. <laughs> she's 47 years of age you know but like and uh, maybe doesn't have the hips um very tall as well i imagine that's very hard on your hips being that tall and 47 <laughs> but i don't know it was just very kind of she still was able to maybe sell it with her face that it was all intentional, but it was very, you know. I I wish, I think that it's a pity it wasn't a different song. Because I think if it yeah. had been a slower and more emotional song, then then Raja would have been able to kind of, you know, really sell that. Like, as you think, the the on season three, she did a very, like, memorable and sort of sexy lip sync to, I can't remember what it was. It was Paula Abdul, wasn't it? Yeah, Paula Abdul with, with Carmen Carrera. And, yeah. the, like, she she was able to, like, give that sort of sort of mod-less sex appeal. But, like, doing this kind of, like, high-tempo Lizzo song, it just does not suit her at all. 
Um, yeah, I feel like they should be able to pivot. I feel like when they see the queens, there should be someone fumbling with the CDs, being like, oh, "Shit, no, we go well, with Stevie Nicks." And what do we do? <laughs> what do we do? No, uh, yeah, they should be running up that hill. That would have yeah. been what we, we wanted this week. But no, because uh, yeah, I do think that probably that's one thing that they could do for this format of the show is be a bit more, be a bit, be able to change up the song based on who's in the 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 top two because you're not going to get a great lip sync to a Lizzo song from Raja and Jinx. No. And then that sort of end, means you're ending an episode that was really funny and brilliant on kind of a... Yeah. I mean, Jinx definitely deserved to win and was able to, as she does, get very literal with a song and act out the, the, the lyrics as best the, she does, which is she's brilliant at, you know, or at least she's very good at surviving with that, you know. Um, but yeah, it was obviously she was the clear winner. But yeah, yeah. bit dissatisfying. And I, I just because I felt it should have been a Raj of Viv top two. I just was like Viv would have given us a much better performance. Mm. I think that she would have been giving us kicks and stuff like that. Like not not Evie or Shay standard, but like better than what we mm. saw. Because Viv beat Jinx easily last week, so she would have beat Raj easily. Yeah, as well. you'd expect. <laughs> So Jinx, Jinx wins and gets to block somebody and blocks Vivian uh, and says it is a compliment. And yeah, we do sort of see this sort of like pitting of the two campy theatre queens uh, to each other in this sort of fun, sort of like this. We're, we're the two of us the only two doing things this way. So that's because of a good beat, which I think is kind of fun. It is fun. I mean, it was a silly mistake by Viv. It was a silly mistake to be like, everyone's quiet. There's literally no drama. So even when he wants to, can I say something real for a second? Everyone's like, what? This season? What the fuck? <laughs> and then she's like, I was actually going to block someone who couldn't be blocked. I'm like, why are you, why are you even saying that for? Also, like, I was going to block someone who couldn't be blocked. It's like, well, that was one person. There was only one person. <laughs> but I can't say. <laughs> I'll never tell. <laughs> what we haven't discussed is that this week's episode there was a twist. Not only did they get their legendary legend star, they get a second legendary legend star that they give to one of their legendary legends. Mm-hmm. Tony, who do you think are going to be the recipients of the bonus legendary legend stars next week? I think I think they might go based on their own I think they might go based on the performance. I think they've been very they've been very uh, it's been a kind of meritocracy, really, in how everyone's kind of been voting. Where you know, uh, and you know, so I, I think they'll go based on who they thought did particularly well. Apart from, I don't think Viv's going to get one. I don't think. I think when it actually comes down to it, I don't know if they've fully bonded with Viv yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Monet might get one because because she, you know, for the order and maybe one of the you know the queens might be appreciative of that. Um, and um, and I think. Um, and I think they might give it to um, who else was going to say uh, Shay? I think I think Shay just based on her performance and, and her look. Yeah. I think she might end up getting one. I would like to see them give one to Shay and Viv. I don't think that's going to happen. I could see it being Evie and Monet getting the 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 two though, because I think I don't know. I feel like Raja might give uh, Evie the star, so to to kind of be like now everyone has one. And then it's about who Jinx is going to give the star to. And I don't know whether Jinx would give it to Monet because, you know, she's aware of what a game player she is. Mm. So it will be about who she sees as being less of a threat. See, this is what I think. Right? I think Raja is like, I know how frustrating it is to be doing well and not have a star. So I'm going to give it to Evie because we were kind of last year to get stars and she deserves one, she'll say. And then because I think Jinx is such a game player, she'll think, Everyone's on. Everyone will be on one star at that point by her. If she gives it to anybody, she risks them 
getting a star the following week and going up to three stars. So I think she'll give it to Viv because she knows Viv can't get a star next week and the max she'll have mm. after the next week will be two. Oh. Very interesting. And I think it, it's like, it's also like I've blocked you, but here's a star. So like it's a, a balancing out act. That's my theory. Interesting. That's a great theory. I can't even do the maths on it. Like I, I And I don't even know if most of the queens <laughs> ca- are doing the maths on it. Being like, ah, whatever stars are stars. You have one, you have one, you have one. <laughs> they all have one. A bar, Jinx has two. And Evie has zero at the moment. So it is relatively even. And I feel this old twist is, again, them being nice and being like, okay, well, let, let's boost everyone up here. Let's Let's... I think the purpose of these stars is to get Evie off zero. And it, it, does it come down to... Th- Whoever the top four who have the most stars get go to the final. That's it. Yeah, yeah. The lip sync smacked in. Is the lip sync smacked in. I love this show. <laughs> <laughs> you say so matter of factly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Mm, cool. It's clear. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, I suppose the producers are now watching and going, "Okay, as as much as we're trying to be a space of affirmation, we cannot let Raja get to the lipstick lipstick yes. smackdown." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Well, Tony, thank you so much for thank joining you. us again. Uh, what do you have coming on that people can, can interact uh, with? I will be performing in uh, the Paddy Power Comedy Festival. There's four nights from the 21st or the weekend of the 21st in Ivy Gardens. So that'll be a lot of fun. Of June? Of July. Of July. Of July um, that'll be a lot of fun. Um, I'm on Mixed Bill with loads of people like Killian Sunderman and Paddy Harrison and Sean Burke. I'm on one a gig with him, mm-hmm. Alison Spittle. I'm doing a gig with. So they'll be a lot of fun. Cool. Um, I mean, I don't get money directly from the ticket sales of that, but what I do get money directly from the ticket sales of is my gig <laughs> in Vicker Street, uh, which I'm doing a live podcast uh, all about going back to school. Uh, I'm going to have some comedians on talking cool. about uh, school, sharing school war stories, and that's on September 17th in Vicker Street. Well, they're very fitting with the theme of this episode as well. The Absolutely. time back to graduation. Very so, much. Will so. there be a graduation speech? Uh, <laughs> yeah. If I can't find any jokes, touching. <laughs> yeah, I would be like, <laughs> I was. I had glasses. Okay, <laughs> I had, I'm, I'm an outcast. And you'd be like, bitch! I was good at economics. <laughs> <laughs> A fun episode, and I, I haven't, they haven't worn me down with the niceness yet. I'm still enjoying it. I still think they're all at the top of their game, and I'm delighted that Raja finally got her legendary legend star. Yeah, I, I actually think as well that the the size, because there was a bit of concern at the beginning of the season for me that like with the size of the cast, that it was going to feel a bit long with as many episodes as they're going to be having, or that it, there's no one going home. But I think they're doing a good job of keeping you interested by having really great challenges, and it, it isn't kind of... Like you're you're watching it because you're entertained by these queens who are being entertaining rather than being dragged along by storylines around people falling out or, you know, drama in the workroom. Um, and I do think as well, one thing I, I, I'm actually kind of enjoying is that they're not trying to inject any sincerity into like the mirror moments. Like we're not getting any of the sort of like educational moments. And I think that they wouldn't be able to do that authentically by having the same group of people in there every uh, in there for the like 12 weeks so I'm good on them well, they've made they're, wise choices they're kind of touching on it a bit in Untucked like we got a bit of a trinity growing up in school and coming out when she was 14 and dancing to Britney Spears at her prom and used to play rugby and stuff so I like I think it fits better there because it is kind of superfluous to what's going on in the main show so it is kind of nice um, so yeah I think it should be good I think we've been somewhat 
heavily tipped into the comedy realm for the first few episodes. I feel like Monet and Shay are kind of fading into the background. Um, so I'm glad that next week is a girl group challenge because I think we'll get to see them in all their glory next week. Yeah, definitely looking forward to a musical challenge next week. And also cannot cannot stress enough how excited I am for a TRL based challenge because I am uh, I was obsessed with TRL in my in my youth hopefully um, it's it's kind of like the Super Bowl way in which they're clearly sort of knocking off classic TRL songs and it's not just like loosely tied into the fact that the girl groups yeah now I do think like it, it is going to be interesting to see who like is are, is it going to be like the Trump the musical where they had someone back in the Ginger Minge back in to play Trump are they going to get some Chris, previous like, content Carson, Carson Daly Carson Daly are we going to get maybe Cameron Michaels coming back and like doing well, their best Carson, they do Carson well, yeah. Daly it probably will be Carson Kressley being Carson Daly though or maybe Ross Matthews or something oh, well, I suppose it will be Ross because we've had Carson the last two weeks I think so we're due a Ross Matthews we're due a hilarious Ross Matthews yes we <laughs> are <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening we'll be back with you next week for the next episode of Sissy That Pod talk to you then see you love you bye bye This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.